presents the Fallout Lorecast. All right, Fallout fam. It is time again for the end of the month patron chat episode, and I am back with our usual, uh, what's the word for, ah, words fell out of my brain again. You know when you have a bunch of people, a lineup, a lineup when you like call them out and you're like, oh, that person did the crime, man, that's the guy right there. We've got our usual <laughs> cast of uh, villains here. Um, thank you everybody for joining me again. That didn't work. I was like, ah, it's a thing. No, it's not a thing. Um, so here, I'm just going to go through and welcome everybody back for this episode. I'm just going to go down the list alphabetically. Deadshot, welcome back. How's it going, buddy? Howdy. Howdy. Simple. Fast, simple, and he's playing on the Switch. And then we also have Firewriter. Hi. Welcome back. Hello. Hello. And Nunamur. Would you say we're a motley crew? A motley crew, yes. A motley crew. Yeah, that could work. I don't have any Motley Crue songs that just spring to mind automatically, but I was going to quote one and then it didn't happen. Man, I guess I need to get more sleep. And then we also have Saber. Saber, welcome back. Olo. <laughs> Olo. <laughs> also joining us again, Soybean. Soybean, how's it going? Leaning in to the camera. Oh, camera turned off. I don't know if that was intentional or if there's technical difficulties happening there. Uh, <laughs> Soybean just disappeared. Um, Mothman's, oh, Soybean's coming back. Uh, in the meantime, we're going to say hi to Mothman's Ranger, who has a slightly different name today. Mothman, how's it going? Uh, it's going, it's going good. Going good. Good, good. Why is your name Salesman now? Mothman Salesman. Uh, is this an, a joke I missed on, on Discord? I've, a very extended DM conversation between me and Dead ended mm. up in a, well, began with a joke, and then I just kind of changed the name while he was sleeping because I wanted to mess with him when he woke up, and now it's still this. Okay, so. okay. <laughs> Interesting. And then Victor. Welcome back, Victor. Hello. And I think the phrase you were looking for is the usual suspects. Usual suspects, that would work. That would work as well. We have the usual suspects back. I hope Soybean's internet is working. Um, uh, it, uh, I will say nice on their end, because I've been having weird connective. I've been noticing weird connectivity myself with the servers, so who knows? Who knows? Nobody knows. So hello, sorry. Hello, there yeah, you are. Uh, You're back. Discord's been acting up uh, today and yesterday for me a bit. So yeah, oh well. <laughs> it happens. If anybody happens to drop out, just try to join back. We'll we'll do the best we can in order to you know facilitate this because it's always a little bit of a um, you know kind of a crapshoot. And that makes me think of poop. All right. So welcome back. And we are live as usual. This is a Sunday night. So instead of Monday nights, which are our usual, usual time, we usually do our patron chats on Sunday nights because it works better for everybody. And we are here on twitch.tv slash robots radio to discuss our favorite non-companion NPCs, which opens up the list a ton because there's only so many companions. And we've talked about companions. I've talked about companions. These guys have talked about companions, but now we have this discussion open to any of the non-companion NPCs across all of the Fallout games, and which ones happen to be your favorites or are just worth talking about in this episode of the show. And we're doing kind of a number, a random number generator thing here going, and Nunamur got the first roll. So, Nunamur, why don't you go ahead and start us out? 
All right. Well, um, the person I'm I'm picking is someone who, um, no surprise here, is from Fallout 76. And uh, with the Wastelanders edition, um, with the Settlers and the Raiders, there were a lot of very interesting NPCs, uh, none of which could be companions besides the you know, few that were introduced. Um, so the way I'm kind of thinking of this is this person isn't, isn't a companion yet, because I do see a lot of potential within Fallout 76 that some of these companions might be, or some of these characters might be snatched up and made into companions or follow you on certain quests down the road. So that'd be great. And I know a lot of people like this character, so that'd be great if it ever actually did happen. Uh-huh. And that character I'm talking about is Weasel. Weasel. who I've talked about uh, briefly on the podcast before uh, when I was talking about uh, 76 or uh, specifically about uh, uh, Wastelanders. And um, you meet her. Now, she does accompany you during a quest. She's not a companion in the traditional sense. She doesn't follow you after that. You can't give her commands or trade equipment with her, anything like that. So uh, she really just does follow along on that one quest. Uh, which is cheating death, which is part of the uh, Raiders' end of the um, the Wastelanders uh, DLC, and I'm not going to spoil that that quest because that quest does is a very cool quest, uh, has some interesting twists and developments in that. But the main plot of the quest is that you're looking for a guy named Lucky Lou, and along the way you meet Weasel who's a member of the Raiders, the Crater Raiders, the uh, Raiders as the faction, the Crater Raiders. That's funny. I never thought about how that rhymes. Crater Raiders. Crater Raiders. (laughs) I don't like saying that too many times. So anyway, let's move on. Um, But yeah, so she's a Raider. Um, The friendlier, nicer Appalachian Raiders. And, um, but the thing that's interesting about her is she actually used to be a Blood Eagle. Now, one of the interesting things about her is that she has no voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, as uh, when she was one of the Blood Eagles, uh, they, she had ratted on somebody, thus the name Weasel, and as a result, they had uh, used a red hot poker. Uh, content warning here uh, to burn out her voice box, so she has no voice. She cannot speak. Uh, but with uh, joining Crater, they met her, they liked her, and they knew, being Raiders themselves, when they saw the burn mark on her, they knew exactly what that was and why she got burnt, so they called her Weasel. So literally her name is because of her reputation and what, what happened in her past. And so they like her, though, and they welcome her in, despite you know knowing what happened in the past. And uh, the thing about that, though, is that when you meet her, she does have sort of the ability to speak, where she has a vocal box, uh, a mechanical vocal box on her neck. Mm -hmm. And that vocal box was created by none other than everybody's favorite Amish raider, uh, Caleb, um, who is the interesting thing about Caleb, despite the fact that he was raised as a an Amish person, he not only becomes a raider, but also becomes their head technology person. He's right. an inventor, and Which he's kind of ironic. Technology. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he's always complaining about everybody's giving him the work to do because he's so good with technology. But anyway, so he um, 
If uh, people remember the uh, quest, uh, some people have it pretty heavily bugged where they can't really complete it, but uh, someone to talk to where you get the uh, Vox uh, uh, Stringer uh, that allows you to hear animals speak. Mm -hmm. And that uh, device was created by a a scientist named uh, Eddie or an inventor named... uh, mad scientist, I guess, Eddie Harrison, who invented that. And so what Caleb did was he used that Vox uh, technology to create this vocal, you know, um, uh, necklace. Yeah. Vocalizer. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. It's right, right, right on her neck. And it sort of looks like a slave collar where -hmm. it has like the red light. And the funny thing now, this is where the humor of her character comes in. The funny thing is she's kind of your stereotypical tough as nails raider person. You know, she wants to swear and say sarcastic things and be angry and all this. But because of the technology that her vocal box is based on, she can't swear or say anything especially rude. Um, and it's replaced with other phrases and things. So it's it's a very funny dynamic and her struggling to be mean and to say something nasty or swear is just you really feel her frustration uh-huh. but at the same time it's it's and this is kind of the um so real quick but, side note i, yeah, I think yeah, this no, is really no, no, funny no, no, to, just to jump in uh the same thing happens if you donate on the stream and you use bad words and it reads out the bad <laughs> words it replaces them with like bananas or monkey pants or something else um yeah so anyway i I think that's hilarious to like replace bad words with with other things that are just kind of funny or or random that's yeah and it's and it's 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 a little you know it could be problematic where you know the source of the humor here is someone who was you know tortured and someone who lost their voice due to a malformity but, you know, she's very aware of it and she's referencing it and she's sort of trying to overcome it and get around it. So, you know, there's a lot of story potential with her if they ever did make her a companion. Um, but the uh, there was when thinking about the tone of her character, I thought about this as a great example of something that's often debated. And it's been talked about on this show before, which is the difference in writing between obsidian and bethesda Mm -hmm. specifically in the sense of humor department because when comparing weasel with say for instance with christine who has also been talked about on the show before and how she that plot is treated with christine is treated uh, treated much more seriously It's, it's um a source of drama it's a sort of te- a source of uh tension uh whereas a very similar different mind you but similar story is in a Bethesda game played for laughs and yeah. it's it's interesting how you know you have dark humor in which i think this kind of almost kind of goes against some of that those stereotypes where you do have that dark humor that fallout's known for and bethesda in my opinion really nailing it where they're taking a scenario that would would be something that would exist in raider culture and turning it into this sort of and and that quest itself overall is very dark uh and even elements of that quest are played off sort of for laughs even though they're very dark very serious subject matter mm-hmm. but i think it's done with a uh careful hand and i think it's done with a, with um a good tone i don't think it's uh oversteps his bounds or anything like that okay. but regardless she's an awesome character 
And I, I'm looking for her. I can't find ever since the end of that quest, you're supposed to be able to find her around different places and I can't find her. So if anybody can give me a, any tips to misconnections here and for me to reconnect with Weasel, because I miss her and I want to hang out with her and say hi again. And I haven't seen her since the quest. And I'm, I'm actually saving replaying this quest just because I love this character so much with my second character. I'm anticipating that moment of meeting her again and, and with my second character. So, but she's awesome. Yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting point. I don't think I've gone and looked for her either since after the quest. I need to jump in and do that. Maybe I'll do that after the show tonight and see if I can figure out where she is. Um, uh, so can we open, are you ready to open this up to everyone else? Yeah. yeah. Um, do you guys have, who else has had experiences and played through this part of 76? Uh, who would like to chime in? Anybody? Uh, sure. I would. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, go ahead, Fire. You, you start. I was just, just going to say, yeah, yeah, I've done uh, that part of the quest, and uh, she caught my eye as well immediately. She's just a really memorable character, and uh, I totally agree that she could be like this super tragic story, but they were able to kind of turn it around and make her really likable. And um, I was saying in the in the Twitch chat, the way she purses reminds me of like on uh, the good place where, you know, you say mother forking and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Or what was the, um, uh, what was the Michael Keaton, uh, gangster film with the, there was one of the gangsters that would say farging ice ball, ice hole, farging ice hole. And, and things like that. Do you that remember one. this? Uh, no. Johnny Dangerously? Johnny was that dangerously. it? Oh, oh my gosh. Me. Oh. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Farging ice hole. And, and uh, he would say, oh, there was another one he would say. Uh, I don't remember. It was it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, does anybody else have any um, thoughts on Weasel? I know somebody else chimed in. Who else was it? Uh, well. Mothman? Uh, yeah. So when I did, when I did, it was the quest. I believe yeah it was a quest to get Lou for the uh, Raiders putting together the heist <laughs> and it was it was actually a weasel that almost convinced me not to side with the settlers on my main oh wow just because I enjoyed her, her character so much and like the way and I, I loved the cadence and how the voice was done like it was it was it's just so good <laughs> uh you know that's just that's just what I wanted to say like such a good character uh yeah, it it was a good, um, uh, a bit of a change of pace from the other raiders because the other raiders were all like, rah, rah, "We're raiders and rah, screw you, why should we trust you?" and all you know, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it kind of broke the typical um, patterns that you deal with with these raiders being tough guys who don't know what if they should trust you and all that stuff. So it was a nice change of pace. I want to say I kind of disagree with that about the uh, crater raiders. Uh, yeah. I I found all of them most of them really likable uh compared yeah. to other you know games and other raiders uh i had no problem justifying my second playthrough having my guy go with the raiders because it made sense to me that he would because they all treated him really well whereas every time he'd go to foundation ward would be all surly and cranky so uh, <laughs> yeah. it made perfect sense to me <laughs> he's a people pleaser yeah i've noticed, I've noticed when you get your rep higher with the raiders they, they they actually become a lot nicer than some of the settlers yeah and i think too like huh. I, not to put not to put uh words in um tom's mouth but like some of the raiders you meet that are just like you know the 
the vendors or mm -hmm. the people walking around crater they're very much your stereotypical kind of rough you know surly yeah. raiders you know and then as you meet the different characters like rara or or gale or different people like that you start to see that variety and flavor but i think like in the path of that story where you start to kind of understand that this is like a very dysfunctional weird family of raiders weasel is kind of to me the first sign of that it's the first sign that you kind of are like these guys are kind of cool like these guys are different you know mm -hmm. and so that's another reason why i thought she was so awesome yeah, I, I think that's a good summary. Uh, up until that point, they're kind of surly. And that, that's the, I think you're right, that's the point at which you really start to see more into what they're like. Um, in a way, yeah. In a way, I kind of see that in Lou, too. Because, like, he's a broken man. Like, it hurt when I talked to him the first time. I was like, no, you're, you're beautiful. I mean, that might just be my bias towards love and ghouls, but, like, <laughs> it's like, no, you're not a monster. You're you're a beautiful, beautiful person. <laughs> I have to wonder all this all this ghoul love in our our little community here. If you were to meet some one of these people in real life and see like the decomposed skin, and would you, I mean, so some people like some people can deal with like medicine and injuries and be a doctor or, or like a, a surgeon, you know, these kinds of things because they don't have like a, a natural gut reaction of just like, oh, God, I can't look at that. But some people do. And it's a, I find it to be a very natural thing that for some people is just subconscious. You just can't even a small wound on somebody else. You're just like, oh, can't deal with blood. Can't look at that. Can't do it. Would you guys? With that lizard brain. Yeah, yeah, it's very deep inside our, our, our brains. It's not something you choose, right? Um, would you so feel like I, you could see a ghoul and actually relate to them and be, I, like, okay with that? I Well, personally, I, I feel like I definitely could. Um, first off, uh, to hopefully not be too graphic about it, but my mother is a breast cancer survivor, and part of that was an entire left, left side mastectomy. Mm -hmm. And my father was too squeamish to be able to assist. When you have that much of your body removed, they have to put in drains so that you don't fill up with fluid and you don't cause infection. It's part of the healthy healing process. My father was too squeamish to do it. I helped my mom take care of her drains and change her bandages. Yeah. And over the years, as she's gotten issues with her feet due to her diabetes, I've helped with that. I'm also subscribed to places like r slash medical gore on subreddit. <laughs> on Reddit. Okay. <laughs> that obviously I, doesn't I affect think, you too much. <laughs> I think that my fellow ghoul lovers can agree with me. It's, it's not what they look like. I mean, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I completely understand. It's the personalities. It's their struggles. It's it's all of that. It's it, the question, though, is like being being coming face to face with somebody whose face looks like it's melted off every day. Is that something that you would just get used to and, and be OK with? Or, or is it something that, you know, you might just be too squeamish to actually deal with in reality? I, 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 will, I would have a first reaction of, oh, boy. Yeah, but yeah, like oh, that guy doesn't have a face anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I'm in the same boat with Vic and the reaction part. Like, I'd, I'd be like, oh, oh, okay, and then I would kind of just get used to it. Right. I was going to say, so back on the '76 thing, I have not actually played '76. However, from what you're describing with the Raiders, especially when you compare them to Raiders of Fallout Three, New Vegas, Four, especially the Raiders in the Pit, um, 
they retain part of that of the old you know old world pre-war charm of honor among thieves yes yes this raider group does yes that, and that, and I think that that's because it is so close to the Great War, and they still have a much closer connection to pre-war America compared to baseball was beating each other up with bats. Sure, and, uh, possibly uh, the Blood Eagles haven't retained that. I think I think it's just one of those things that is very dependent on each Raider gang and the the culture within that Raider gang, and who their leader is and what their motivation is. I think it comes down to personalities and goals um and and how desperate they are you know there's a lot of there's a lot that can affect that and maybe they become more desperate as they get further from the great war that might be a thing um well cool well Nunimer, we need to move on is there anything else you want to say about weasel before we move on no i just hope we get more of her at some point that'd be awesome awesome uh, weasel weasel is awesome awesome all right let's move on to the mothman's ranger slash salesman and who do you have this week? You you were the next person on the random number generator. Oh wow, that took me off guard completely. All right, yep, yep. <laughs> it's going to be random. Surprise! All right. Well, so I was thinking about it, and a lot of the characters that first came to mind for me were just kind of like more of the more popular characters, like more known about. And so now, the more I think about it, my love of ghouls, I decided to go with Wiseman from the Slog and Fallout Four. Okay. Now uh, remind us about who this is and. What okay, they do. so he, so when, so you know, everybody knows the story of Hancock and the ghouls getting exiled from Diamond City, mm -hmm. and Wiseman is a leader of a small group of those ghouls who decided that they weren't going to go with Hancock and the other ghouls to Good Neighbor. They decided that they were going to go and just try and make make their own place somewhere, and they came across a I don't know, I can't remember what the exact name of the uh, ghoul public pool is, but they just came across a public pool and decided that this was where they were going to make their home. And what really struck me and what really made me like them a whole lot is just the wise man's philosophy about changing the minds of others. He, he unlike most ghouls who are kind of just not hateful, but just a little bit rude to smoothskins, just mm -hmm. because they're, they're, the smoothskins are rude to them all, t all the time, sure. the wise man... Like when you when you first go there as a sole survivor, because I literally did this first initial meeting with him right a few hours before we did this, just so I could refresh my memory. When you first meet meet the Wiseman, he is he he just straight up goes, "Hi, how you doing? This is my place. You're welcome to stay if you want to." And that is like the essence of what I like to see in a person in a bad situation. Like that is the most like just the most wholesome thing to me and he he just got together all those other ruined well not ruined but like just hated upon ghouls and set up their own little community and they've gotten their own uh famousness i guess in the commonwealth of being the only place you can grow tarberry which i find just absolutely awesome yeah yeah cool that's a really interesting perspective on that um it's not something that comes to mind uh when i think about other npcs yeah and and then just the slog itself is just a great little place because <laughs> like uh what i usually what i've done one time is like i focused for one playthrough on building up settlements and i set up like this crazy looking little village in the slog at one point because like i have a no build limit mod <laughs> <laughs> and so like i set up like this beautiful 
general store in the main pool building, and then I built houses around next to the crop fields and everything for each of the little ghouls. And I custom like like and after talking to them for a little bit, I just kind of like designed it in a way that I think they would like. <laughs> nice. so, you get a house you get a little house you get a, you get a, you can have a garden <laughs> over here you get a pool <laughs> or whatever I, I had like a town hall looking thing uh that I, I loved building that oh nice so you had your own little uh like gated community of for ghouls <laughs> it's like um covenant of for ghouls that's awesome that's awesome um you ready to open this up to everyone else uh yeah do you guys do it, any of the rest else. of you guys have any uh Thoughts on this or any memories of this specific NPC? No. No. I don't think I don't think anyone else does. Victor? Well well, I was gonna say let Fire get online because she may have something to say. I just wanted to state that one of the things I really like about Fallout 4 um in particular is while we had Oh gosh, I can't I can never remember the name of like that ghoul bar. That's like slightly underground in Fallout Three, like the Ninth Circle. Oh, it's called or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes. How, Was it the Ninth Circle? How, I I want to say it is. Um, I think it might be. Fire Fire would know. Fire would know. Checking my lore. The Fallout Four has not just communities of non-humans, but varied communities of non-humans because. I mean, for example, just like the slog, the slog could not be more different from Good Neighbor, but both of them are havens for ghouls. Mm -hmm. And I really hope that in the, you know, hopefully upcoming more Bethesda games, more more Fallout games, um, that we see more of a variety of places for places for non-human characters to be able to both interact with humans and also live independently i want to see i i I want to see them continue to expand upon ghouls and synths and androids and super mutants so that they aren't all one note characters with weird one-off exceptions sure like uh super mutant super mutants in fallout new vegas and then you've got nana i think it's her name or lily Lily's a grandma. Mm -hmm. Super. Yeah. So seeing Wise Man and seeing all of the ghouls in Fallout 4, I just, it gives me a lot of hope to see a lot more variety of non human characters going forward, of all kinds of personality types being represented. And I think that Wise Man and the entirety of the slog is a good example. Because if I remember right, mostly for three in New Vegas, they're primarily kind of. grifter rough side of the tracks kind kind of people and in the slog they're just trying to be farmers right right yeah and this is a tradition that the um, i've noted this in some of the episodes i was doing with fallout one um that there are themes that keep coming back up um and this is the theme that was started in fallout one with the necropolis this idea of a ghoul settlement where they are all just trying to live their lives and do what they need to do because they've been ostracized and so they're banding together and they're they're doing what they they need to do um, so yeah, I can I can imagine that. And the other notice, and I've said this numerous times, I would love the option to make a ghoul character or a super mutant or a synth um, on some sort of future expansion. Uh, so I do know I do know some of the people at Bethesda listen to this podcast. So guys, nudge 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 nudge. Maybe future updates seventy six. We can make various types of characters. Maybe uh, I don't know that you could have a synth though. I don't. I think those don't really make sense that early in the timeline. But Maybe you could have a robot or something. I don't know. 
there'd be some cool stuff we could do with those. I straight up modded the New Vegas Telemetry Crew to Ghoul. At that point, I was just like, I am playing this for the first time with the Ghoul, and nobody can stop me. Yeah, <laughs> just like, this is it. I'm going to do it. Pretty much. Pretty much. Well, cool. Anything else you want to add, Mothman? Uh, just that. Uh... Arlen Gloss, I think his name is also definitely, definitely. He was, I was, I was on the tip between those two. Wiseman or Arlen. And I don't think anybody's talking about Arlen, but definitely check out Arlen if you don't know who he is. He's in the slog. In the slog. Go, I was, go visit, the, visit the slog. Slog on over to the slog. North of Fargus Ironworks or something. I don't remember where, what the place is called. Yeah. I'm the sure. Raider place or the Forged yeah. is what they're called. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you can look it up. There's maps for everything. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for bringing that one. Uh, very interesting topic, especially when it comes to, you know, obviously popular with ghouls and all that. Let's move on to, let's see, we got, I got a number four here on the generator. So that's soybean. Let's see, is that, is that right? One, two, three, four. Saber. It's Saber. Saber, you're next. How's it going? All right. <laughs> uh, I'm talking about uh, Scott. Wolinski, also known as Bean. I'll get to that in a minute. Uh-huh. Um, but most people know him as the Mechanist from Fallout 3. Not the Fallout 4 expansion Mechanist. The Fallout mm-hmm. 3 Mechanist. And some people who have played Fallout 4 may not realize that there's a Fallout 3 Mechanist also. So, cool stuff. Um, yeah, so he was uh, born to simple bean farmers. And uh, you were sold to a caravan, and I am lagging horrendously on this video. <laughs> it's okay. But, um, he was sold at 15 to a caravan, and how they, per- well, they s- sold him for beans. So that's how he got his nickname. And uh, uh, he bought his way out, obviously, of service, and uh, eventually he settled down in Canterbury Commons, where he lived a life of solitude and in an electronics store, uh, fiddling with parts and stuff. Um, he didn't become the mechanist until after the Ant Agonizer? Uh-huh. Am I saying this correctly? I believe so, yes. Uh, Started showing up, and then he became the local hero to protect the town. I, lo- I loved this uh, this little side quest. This was great. I remember I discovering this- it. I think this is one of those first moments where I was playing Fallout 3 since it was my first Fallout, and I realized that ridiculous things can happen in this world. Um, yeah. So yes, this this one is like a, f- a fond place for me. Uh, I think the, qu- the quest was the superhuman gambit. And I, I enjoyed it thoroughly because I like superheroes and it was just this guy that was trying to be a superhero in the wasteland. So, yeah. Is that is that the main reason why you picked him? Because you were just like, this is awesome. This guy just, you know, has well, I like, rough I like life. Him because he had a lot of robots. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Despite most of them, I think. I believe it's been a while. We're destroyed by the antagonizer. Mm-hmm. I do not remember a whole lot. I just remember I enjoyed his suit and everything. So, yeah, I remember yeah. stumbling upon this and being killed by the ants. I think the first time I I was in that area, and then running away. I don't think I even 
initiated the quest, or if I did, I, I left because I was like, I can't fight these ants off at the time. I just wasn't equipped enough, um, and then had to come back and play it later. So let's open this up. Do you guys, you guys have any fondness for the original Machinist and this quest line? New number. Yeah, it's it's funny because I have the uh, same reaction you had, uh, Tom, except for the opposite reason. Oh, really? um, when I, because you know, being an old school Fallout fan, having played one and two, and then three comes out, it was sort of it was early enough in the game that when I hit that quest, it was sort of when the game kind of clicked and it, when it felt the most Fallout. Mm. Um, the the layers to the quest, the different perspectives, the different ways in which you can solve that quest, just the general out of nowhere wackiness of it. You know, you everything's been relatively grounded at that point. You've been to Megaton, you've been to a couple places here and there, and then you get there. And depending on the order in which you're doing things, but you get there and all of a sudden you're in the middle of a superhero battle. <laughs> right. It's their robots and giant ants and two people commanding them on each side. And you have to choose which side to go with. It's, it's so out of nowhere that it really has those old school Fallout vibes, that that weird, wacky, out of nowhere sense of humor. And so that was that was a moment when I was I got to that point in the game and I was like, yeah, this is this is hitting the tone. I'm really digging this. And I was you know bought in all the way to ching yeah yeah <laughs> anyone else um keep doing this <laughs> go, go ahead Mothman, and then, and then we'll, okay. go, we'll go to fire next i just i just wanted to say um i can never straighten out whether the machinist is supposed to be evil or a superhero he's supposed to be a superhero right in this one he's a superhero because he's responding to the antagonizer. Um, well, it's also with the original quest, it's morally gray. It's sort of weird because he's causing, I don't want to give too much away because if people haven't played Fallout 3, and I know there's a lot of people that haven't, this is a great quest and it does have a lot of variety in the way it can be solved and all that. But um, he's sort of causing more trouble than he's solving. His robots are causing destruction and ca causing issues. You, when you talk to the nearby town, they view him as just as much a menace as the antagonizer. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's right. So which is kind of similar to what happens in four with the mechanist, yeah, which yeah, is exactly. kind of fun. The mechanist wants to do good, but her robots are doing worse than because she programmed them to have pure life. Mm -hmm. and see eliminate all evil but to do that the robots they justify evil and they just buy humans as evil <laughs> right so she has a pure heart but she kills uh, yeah yeah so yeah very similar <laughs> fire did you have something oh i was gonna say it was funny when i found this one because i came to fallout 3 later because four was my first so by the time i came to three i'd already played through uh the mechanist dlc so coming mm. back and then finding that was just it was such a wonderful discovery and it just really filled in so much of the lore for me i just that was so much fun nice. i love that quest yeah yeah it's cool it's cool to have those kinds of discoveries backwards too mm. when you go oh yeah this oh wait oh I get it okay yep. yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah very cool well awesome uh saber anything else you want to add to this 
Nope, I'm good. I enjoyed my superhero time. <laughs> you enjoyed your superhero time. Awesome. Well, uh, we already did Noonimer. This thing keeps giving me numbers I've already rolled. All right, let's go to Deadshot. Deadshot. How's how's your uh, switch doing? How's your uh, Animal Crossing? Do you have lots of little animals? Are you planting no, lots of flowers? I'm just, I'm just gonna pretend yeah, you're playing I Animal Crossing. Flowers. It doesn't matter I what am you do. Animal Crossing. Okay, there you go. You're playing. I was gonna just. I was just making that up, but okay. <laughs> uh, I'm rearranging my island. But uh, the person I want to do is Colette Cook because it's someone who I had entirely forgotten about because I've only seen her once. Um, she's a NPC that can show up outside of the dugout in after you complete the, I think it's called Old World Blues, the one with Cook and Henry, where you can actually allow Henry, oh, not Henry, um, uh, What's his name? Paul? I think it is Paul Pembroke. He can take over the bear. But essentially, it's Cook's daughter. And there's a few ways that it can go. She will ask you if you know her father. Mm -hmm. And depending on how the Diamond City Blues, not Old World Blues, Diamond City Blues quest went. Yeah, that makes more sense. Old if World you Blues killed him. New Vegas. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. If you killed him, you could try and pass a speech check implying that he went to good neighbor and that he left his life of crime and dealing. If you fail it, she blames you for his murder. And I think she just becomes hostile, not like outright attacking you, but doesn't want to talk to you anymore. Mm -hmm. If he's alive and Paul is aware of his alive, she will like want revenge. So like want to go to Paul and ask where it is. Um, and then if, like, Paul dies, there are other path forms of it, but the reason I love it so much is it's one small thing. You could pass a dugout in a hundred times, you could have done the quest ages ago, and she has a random chance of showing. Oh, wow. She's also one of those two, like, NPCs that you will forget about. It's like, she pops up, has one tree of dialogue, gone. Yeah. And it's not that adaptive but it leaves such an impression depending on if you pass the speech checks or leave them that's cool that's cool i, I like stuff like that that is missable i don't think i i i don't think i did this um did the let's open this up do you guys is any of the rest of you experience this did you have any uh, i'm getting some nods yeah um for me uh i if i remember correctly i think I ended that quest line peacefully, but I think it ended up with uh, the one guy's her father leaving still. Um, I can't I can't exactly remember because it's been a good minute. Yeah, but yeah, that's I a, believe. Welcome to my life. <laughs> what, yeah, what yeah. was this thing again? Oh, when? Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but um, I th well, I think he did end up dying, but I think there was a way that I could pass speech checks to explain what happened and then she didn't blame me but she still didn't want to talk to me afterwards mm -hmm. so it was kind of like honest in a way that didn't end it badly but it didn't end it good either right right yeah i love those like gray areas in the and, middle yeah and i and i really liked that ending i thought it was like probably 
how a non-psychotic soul survivor would have ended it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyone else? Anyone else want to chime in with thoughts? No? All right. All right. Deadshot, uh, anything else to wrap this one up? Nope. I'm getting a, I'm getting I'm a shake of the head. <laughs> and if you guys are listening on audio, you're missing out on a lot of head movements. So <laughs> that's a that's a real uh, if you want to catch all the head movements, then make sure you check out this video up on the Robots Radio YouTube after <laughs> after we're done here. Um, all right. Well, here, tell what tell you what we've got a few more people to go through. But before that, let's just do our little middle break thing. And so we'll be back just after this. And the way I set up the audio on this is meant for regular episodes. So here's the actual transition. Hello there, old chap. Good to see another of General Atomic's finest still eager to serve. <laughs> just rolling with it, you know. So welcome to the middle of the show. And thank you to all of our patrons, not just our tier four patrons, but thank you especially to our tier four patrons. And welcome again. I'm glad you guys are all here. If you would like to join us on next month's episode, then you can check out patreon.com slash the slash fallout lorecast no the fallout lorecast and you can look at all the different ways you could support the show and join us if you are a tier four or higher patron in the future otherwise you can get uh, ad free episodes and stuff like that there's also something i want to make sure that you guys are aware of after our regular episodes from this point moving forward which are usually live on twitch.tv slash robots radio on monday nights at 9 p.m eastern to 6 p.m pacific i will be having what i'm going to call office hours and this will be after every regular weeknight show throughout the week so Mondays are Fallout Wednesdays are Dungeons and Dragons Thursdays Elder Scrolls and Saturdays Cyberpunk and it doesn't have to be specific to the show what I'm doing is I'm trying to get back to you guys and so after our actual show recordings I will be hanging out with you guys the community anybody who comes by and I know a number of you guys are interested in doing your own podcasts streaming games online doing videos and I've got I've got some experience on that stuff and I would love to answer questions and help you guys out with that stuff. So if you if you decide to come by or for the show or after the show for office hours, then you're welcome to hang out for that. And if nobody shows up, then I'll probably just be playing games like normal and we can chat while I'm playing games or whatever. So that'll be a lot of fun. Let's move on to the rest of the show. If you have any questions about Nuka World, I'd be delighted to answer them. So we are back and let's see who who did we get here? We got Firewriter. Firewriter. Number two in our in my little generator number came up. How's it going? What what are you talking about today? Well, we've talked about ghouls and we've talked about superheroes. So I'm going to merge the two and talk about Kent Connolly. And uh, I had to debate a little bit, too, because like uh, like Ranger said, I was torn between talking about this guy in Arlen because Arlen is pretty cool. But I did decide to go with Kent. And I've mentioned him before. We talked about him when uh, we talked about our favorite quests, mm-hmm. um, since he gives you the Silver Shroud quest. So Kent Connolly is a pre-war ghoul and good neighbor. He lives in the memory den. He's an avid comic book fan, especially for the Silver Shroud and Mistress of Mystery. Um, he runs the Silver Shroud radio station, which plays old 
radio programs uh, throughout the Commonwealth. Um, one thing that's uh, interesting and unique about him is that he doesn't have the typical ghoul voice. He sounds more like a radio guy. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, according to the wiki, he has listened to all 420 episodes of The Silver Shroud and The Mistress of Mystery serials and has an encyclopedic knowledge of their details. And something else that I think is kind of cool about him is that he himself has an alliterative uh, superhero name. Uh, Ken yes, Connolly in the same vein yes. as uh, Clark Kent or Peter Parker or Bruce Banner. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> so very, very typical nice traditional. Touch. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so he's mostly based in uh, Fallout 4, but we also see him in Fallout kind of he he he's he he has a cameo role in 76 uh where it turns out that he provided a lot of uh inspiration and ideas for the uh lair of mysteries mm. uh order of mysteries lair uh beneath the river's mansion um and according to the wiki he didn't actually know that he was helping to build the lair which i i didn't quite put together but i thought that was really interesting um but his suggestions uh allowed them to create the veil of mysteries which my character uh uses entirely when uh he's in the ash heap uh in honor of him and also the phantom device um but in 2287 uh he spends all his time in the memory den uh generally bouncing between a memory lounger and a station um he also helps maintain the loungers in exchange for time in the loungers and um if you look at uh, Irma's monitor in the memory den, there's her entry for Kent is um, really insightful and a little sad. And uh, do you mind if I read that to you sure. real quick? Yeah, go for it. Okay. He says, or she says, all of his memories are about that Silver Shroud radio show he's always going on about. That reminds me. I keep telling him to keep all of his posters and toys inside his room. They always seem to spill out into the main floor. Poor Kent. People may gossip about the den taking advantage of him, but the truth is he's our biggest charity case. If I lived to be over 200, I know I'd be tired of the real world too. What's the harm in letting him dream a little longer than the next fella? Amari put in some safety settings into his memory lounger so he doesn't starve himself to death. As far as I'm concerned, if he wants to live out the rest of his days plugged in and occasionally waking up to eat and stare at his poster collection, that's his choice. So the reason why I pick Kent is that um, well, there's two different things, kind of. The first thing is that in a way, Kent feels like family to me. Um, I come from a very long line of comic book and other media nerds. Um, my <laughs> uncle is actually a comic historian and has literally written books on comics. Oh, that's awesome. So this, yeah. So he just, he feels like he fits right in, you know, it's like, I get this guy. I know this guy. <laughs> I know plenty of guys just like him. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that, and, and I think this part really jumped out to me when I was going through and, um, reading, reading the, um, the uh, entry on the terminal is that I really understand and relate to Kent's desire to escape into a piece of media that he loves. And I'm betting that most of us here and most of us listening might have some insight into that too. Maybe that's kind of the reason that we're all here. (laughs) We all love uh, one particular piece of media. (laughs) So 
I was thinking to myself, you know, maybe at this point right now with the way things are, maybe I do play maybe a little more than I should. But with as as fragile and frightening as the world feels right now, I'd rather escape into a wasteland that I can control. Mm-hmm. So to paraphrase paraphrase Irma, uh, what's the harm in letting me dream a little longer? Yeah, well, hey, I think I think a lot of people can relate to that. I think that, um, I, and I think this has been a place of fiction and video games and, and those kinds of things for a long time. Is that they're a place of of refuge? Um, I was <laughs> side note. Uh, how many of you guys have seen um, the uh, uh, Lovecraft County show on HBO? Have you guys watched this? Um, super weird. Really cool. Uh, it's set in the 1950s. It follows a cast of African-American people dealing with racism and also super creepy stuff that keeps happening to them, which is this wonderful dynamic. Uh, but one of them, uh, the main character, I, I believe you can consider him the main character, is um, an avid reader. And in the most recent episode, he talks about how reading has been his escape into a world that he feels accepted and and that kind of thing. So, um I think that that's something that a lot of us can relate to. Um, anybody else want to chime in on this? I love, I especially uh, love the comic book side of all of that too. Go ahead. Uh, I just that hit me hard. I I identify that it's with with that so hard. I am a very I'm a huge reader and I'm a huge gamer, and it's been my crutch the last uh, good few years since I started gaming. And reading as much as I do, just because, well, <laughs> it's hard being a teenager. Just say that. Sure. Yeah, I mean, we all go through it, so we've been there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyone else? I was I was just going to say that I, as well, deeply empathize with Kent Connolly. Um, I've been noticing, especially in the current times... Um, I'm noticing that even as I, you know, try to put up, put up, you know, we're all trying to do our best with it. We're all stuck in a very scary situation. And I, I totally get what you mean. What you said as well, fire is like putting yourself, even if it is a wasteland, a wasteland you can control and finding something to hold on to be it real or fictional. And honestly, I'll probably say this links in a little bit more into um, the character I'll probably be talking about. But when we're talking about ghouls, there's always that shadow of feral following them. And it's been proven that the only ones who stay sane either are incredibly strong-willed or have a very strong purpose, will, want for something. And so it's entirely possible that Kent Connolly's intense deep all-consuming love of comics and all of the radio dramas are what's keeping him from going to the feral side and that that feels a bit like a metaphor to me of you know when i've been in some of my worst pain and depression uh, episodes i've fallen back into video games or more commonly for me really books just to hold on to something that isn't the whatever the bad around me is, is I'm able to fall back into that. And if you know, he's in a wasteland and people die for no good reason. And being able to read comics or listen to audio dramas where the good guys win and the bad guys lose 
I mean, my mom does a similar thing. She watches action movies to relax because she always knows the good guys win <laughs> right? and the bad guys will lose. Right. Explosions. Explosions. Explosions are good, so, too. Everybody likes a good explosion. Explosions. But I think anybody who is in any kind of fandom, so basically any of our listeners here, or your listeners here, I should say, um, can understand falling back into fandom when real life becomes too much. And I, I think that's something that is deeply empathetic. Yeah, totally. You know, you know what? I, I, I think we're overthinking this and going a little too deep. I think that he is clearly a metaphor for podcasters because he's a podcaster's dream. See, he, he theoretically could live forever, keep, keep his mind, but also have that nice voice. You know, he's got to have that good podcasting radio voice because, yeah. you know, you, you, ghoul radio, you know, ghoul podcasting might. We all love ghouls, but, you know, might be a little rough. So, you know, he's really the podcaster dream. <laughs> it's all the microphone. That's It's not actually the real voice. It's just the microphone. Like, here, I'll turn off the microphone. Hi, guys. <laughs> See, that's my... I just turned the microphone back on. It's a filter. That's what does it. That was a terrible joke. All right. Um, <laughs> Fire, do you want to... Do you want to... Do you want to mention anything else? No, just... I had a hard time picking which ghoul. <laughs> yeah, there's there's so many. <laughs> so many. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome. Well, let's move on. I uh, I rolled the nu- the next number. Let's see. It is a seven, and that means Victor. Victor, you're up. All right. So I also picked a ghoul, to the shock and surprise of absolutely everyone. A ghoul. <laughs> ghoul. I picked. Oswald Oppenheimer, also known as Oswald the Outrageous, the king of Kitty Kingdom within Nuka World. <laughs> okay, yes. I, I, well, I say king, but he's more like a protector kind of guy. But I, I picked mm-hmm. him for well, a couple of reasons. So, yeah, it makes sense. Sorry, go on. Yeah, I picked him for a couple of reasons. Um, one of the One of the more subtle ones that people may not notice unless you're a gigantic musicals nerd like I am, is there are some very strong um, vibes and uh, allegory to Phantom of the Opera as you're going through Katie Kingdom and interacting with him. Because he's constantly speaking to you through the speakers, and he's making himself mysterious. And I mean, even in the final boss fight, whether or not you actually kill him or go up or not, he disappears himself in a flash of smoke. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's wearing a tux. He's wearing a magician suit and top hat, and he's also a ghoul. So his face is deformed, which is also very Phantom of the Opera. Um, however, as you keep going through and you're killing, you get unique ghouls in Kitty Kingdom, which are painted ghouls. Which actually Oswald himself paints them uh, to try to kind of bring back some of their humanity because. It breaks. It break, broke my heart once you started to realize it. But every single ghoul you kill in King, Kitty Kingdom is one of his former co-workers. Right. Yeah. And so what happened was bombs dropped, and in multiple different parts of Nuka World, actually, because I was rewatching some other stuff, and Galactic Zone also had kind of a hail mary plan. Is um, the uh, employees got together to have some sort of, well, if the bombs go off while, while we're at work, what are we going to do? And so they 
They hunger down and they do their best. And then the first rad storms hit a couple months after the bombs fall. And everyone gets really sick. About 27 of them die. And the rest of them become ghouls. And they live for about 200 years before the first one goes feral. And they don't understand what that is. They don't understand what the whole feralness is. They call it the affliction. And they think there's a cure. Mm -hmm. And so they keep all of these ghouls around because they're their friends, their coworkers, their boyfriends in some situations, hoping to find a cure for them. And eventually Oswald figures out, gets the powers of a glowing one, and he can literally raise the dead. And so it gets to the point where they realize that it was basically just uh, himself, Rachel, and maybe one or two others who are not feral. And Rachel says, I'm going to go out and find a cure. Because she's actually like an organic chemist or something like that. She was supposed, she was actually trying to get with the beverage years, but ended up in Tindy Kingdom. And so he holds down the fort for decades, absolute decades. The entire time you go through this, he's, he's trying to scare you off or kill you because you're killing his friends and he just wants to protect them until his girlfriend gets back. And one of the best, one of the best slash easiest ways to end that entire quest peacefully, because you end up getting called into the theater, and he does this big performance, and he actually raises there. You see dead ghouls all around, and he raises them alive because he's a glowing one. And eventually, you uh, finish that fight, and he's like, "Meet me on the roof," and you can start talking to him. Mm-hmm. In the course of that conversation, you can give him a holotape from Rachel. And it's her goodbye to him because she's starting to go feral. And she tells him to keep on, leave Kitty Kingdom, make a life. And it's honestly the only other holotape I know of that's just about as heartbreaking in Fallout 4 is the Marlene Glass holotape that you give to Arlen Glass. Where she's begging for daddy to just come home and stop working for a day. Like, those are, it's so incredibly heart-wrenching. And you can tell with Oswald, he is someone who cares very deeply for his co-workers, who become his friends, who become his family. And in the end, despite all that he's put you through, he's a good man. And he his reasons for doing it were good. And I just, I find him absolutely fascinating as a character. And of course, the reference is to my favorite musical, Don't Hurt. But he is, he's a well-written character. He's tragic, but not totally listless. If you manage to keep him alive, right. he does himself and choose to, well, I'm going to at least try to find a cure or find somewhere safe for me and my friends to go. And he he literally disappears in a puff of smoke again. Yes, I, I love that he just keeps poofing, like like he's actually a magician who could just poof. Um, I, I specifically remember this and getting that good ending, quote-unquote. Um, do you guys have memories of this? I'm sure a lot of you probably do. This was a, a big part of Nuka World. Anybody else have any comments on this one? This and the Arlen Glass quest line, along with several others, but these are the ones that kind of like made me while I was playing stop and think uh -huh. like just about what it meant kind of like what it made me feel kind of thing like where i had to like stop and i just had to 
rough. Like just had to, I just had to go through everything again in my head right. and think about the implications of some of this stuff. And then it made me want to replay that part of Nuka World again. Nuka, Nuka World. Nuka World again. Because when I played it, like a fool, well, not really a fool because I didn't know, but I didn't find Rachel's body in the holotape. So when I got to that end part, I was desperately trying to save him because I was like, you're, 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 uh, you're an amazing ghoul. You got these glowing one powers and you're probably the only glowing one who's still sane besides the one in New Vegas. But, um, and I was like, and I was trying to save him desperately, but I ended up failing the final speech check because I didn't have a high enough charisma and I didn't have the holotape. And I had to kill him and it, it broke my heart. I, I did not want to kill him. I yeah. was I, I I contemplated just leaving Kitty Kingdom and just not returning because I didn't want to kill him. But then I was just I wanted to progress the quest line, so I was like, no. Sure. I yeah. did it with I yeah yeah when I when he was like the last hit left, I charged up to him with my shotgun with the bayonet and closed my eyes as I bashed him to kill him the final time. I was I was like, I'm not watching. I was like, I must mustn't watch this. Yeah, it's um, it's tough when you don't have the thing that you need in order to get the ending that you want, and so you just gotta gotta do what you gotta do. Anybody else have any thoughts? Just wanted to co-sign on the Phantom of the Opera Phantom uh, fandom because I love Phantom as as well. Um, and I I definitely noticed that playing through that that quest, you really get get those vibes from it, and and uh, you know it has a that that whole quest has a lot of really cool you know references uh to different things like uh the wizard of oz or you know even um his name in itself of oppenheimer mm-hmm. being a reference to j robert um oppenheimer obviously so you know there's lots of really good easter eggs and stuff in that that quest it's uh making me want to replay nuka world now <laughs> <laughs> yeah i feel sacrilegious for saying i've never seen or watched phantom of the opera after You've also never seen it. or watched it. Yeah, check it out sometime. It's, it's You're a classic. young, you make mistakes, it's okay. It's a classic, you know. Haha. <laughs> My whole thing with that quest line is I kill him no matter what, because the way I play my characters, or at least the way I did the few times I've done the quest, I've seen him as more of a danger than anything else, especially since he's willing to risk other people lives and possibly harm other people so there's few times that i've mercy killed him you know like tried to talk him out and then see but sometimes i literally just wait until i have the perfect shot and snipe him just because it's easy and it's just kind of my way of playing the game i kill anything that i deem a danger to my character or whatever i'm playing as fair enough fair enough I'm sure you just broke some people's hearts, but you know, we've all got to make our decisions. Oh, <laughs> uh, look, Nick mad enough to leave. Come on. Oh no, he left. Ah. Oh. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on to our last one. Um, Soybean, I think you're rounding this out for this episode. What's your topic for today? There we go. Uh, so my character that I've chosen is Grom or Graham, however uh, you pronounce it, um, from Fallout 76. I chose him because he definitely stuck out a lot to me. Definitely as, you know, one of the few 
intelligent or <laughs> intelligent uh super mutants that are still around and um like it was one of those things when like 76 first came out pre-wastelanders and people were like well fallout 76 has no npcs and i would look at grom and be like well that's an npc <laughs> he is yeah. he is a good boy um He's a good, good boy. <laughs> grom is a good boy um <laughs> so i would i i really like him because even before they kind of gave him more stuff with meat week Finding him was always a joy when he was just making his, like, rounds around the uh, Appalachia. And his lines are always very simple. The way he cares for Charlie, Charlie the Moo Moo, his, his pack ramen, <laughs> yeah. is, is very sweet. Um, I remember when uh, the first Fosna event came out that they allowed Brahmin to be milked. So you could get Brahmin milk, and I, I milked Charlie, and I got Charlie's milk, and it felt almost wrong because of the way Grom talks about Charlie is very personified, or like almost like like his pet or something. It felt weird to just be like, "Hi, Grom. Sorry, excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, um, I, I need to do this right now. Pardon me. Pardon me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you, Charlie. <laughs> Charlie. Um. And then with Meat Week, uh, it feels like every time I go do a Meat Week event, he says something new that I haven't heard. And I really enjoy it because they gave him a lot to say. Um, one of my favorite lines is like, oh, I know not all humans eat meat. And like, while that might confuse me, I'm paraphrasing here. Uh, you know, Charlie doesn't eat meat either. And I like Charlie, so you're okay. Right. And <laughs> yeah. As as a vegetarian, it's like, oh, I'm being seen. <laughs> Grom is seeing me. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but it, it's really cute um, that and like even like Grom understanding like, oh, we need to keep things clean because I don't want you guys getting sick. Make sure you clean up. But, like he cares about everyone who's coming and visiting. Yeah. So. Yeah, Grom best boy. <laughs> Grom best boy. Yeah, it's it's pretty cute. It's I love I love the you know quirky super mutants in these things. Another reason why we need to be able to play super mutants, Bethesda. Nudge nudge nudge. Anybody else have any Indeed. thoughts on Grom? <laughs> New number. Only if I'm allowed to call him Graham. Uh, Grom. Yeah, that's fine. You can call him. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I remember early in the game when it, he was, he was the thing of legend, um, because he was so hard to find and, uh, he's become a lot easier to find. And obviously meat week and stuff has made it, you know, that you can just see him, you know, with the, with the hourly event and all that. But, um, I spent a, a, at least a few hours one day, just, I, I found a map online that was his trail his um, trading route. And I just followed that. Just, I went in one direction, went in the other direction, went and went, just kept going around in a circle through this route, trying to find him and just couldn't find him. Now, um, even before the updates, uh, the place where I moved my, m my most recent camp 
is right on his route. So I see him oh. all the time. So he's like your so neighbor. He, he comes by and he's like, he's like, can I borrow some s- sugar? And <laughs> he usually asks for human flesh, but <laughs> okay. all right. um, he also ha- helps defend my camp. So it's pretty awesome because whenever something attacks my camp and he's wandering by, all of a sudden I have a super mutant on my side and my companion at the camp. So it's pretty, uh, pretty cool. But, um, but yeah, he's, he's really cool. And, um, I remember back when the vending was all different too, finding him was some, sometimes kind of important too, because some of the plans and some of the things you could get from him, uh, was certainly helpful, but, uh, but it's really cool. I always like a good super mutant. It's, um, it's it's a lot of fun. It gives me flashbacks to one of my, one of my favorite companions, Lily, that we were talking about before. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, he's 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 a sweet, nice, kind super mutant, and I, I love him. He's good, great. Good good boy. He's a good good boy. Yeah yeah yeah. Anyone as, else? As Fire said in the Twitch chat, uh, every time the gang is playing seventy six on PlayStation, and one of us comes across Grand. The entire party chat drops what they're doing and goes, <laughs> "Grand's here!" <laughs> because nice. we all, because Graham's the best. He's my favorite. He's my favorite non-story related character to come across. Awesome, awesome stuff. Well, that's a good one, Soybean. Anything else you want to add? Oh, Soybean's gone. I didn't even notice. Soybean. Are you still? Hello, oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, my phone was dying, so I had to get its charging situation fixed up. <laughs> technology. Um, <laughs> yes, technology. Um, uh, I'd say, yeah, the other thing I do like a lot is that um, they gave him specific things that only he sells. They can't find any other vendors, um, including the mirror ball, which is fun. Grom likes to disco. Ah. Um, ah. But... So it, it definitely makes him worth seeking out, and that's why people like him a lot, you know? Yeah, Super Mutant Dance Party. Sweet. Awesome. I just had, I just had kind of a random thought, because somebody somebody said something in the chat. Uh, they, they were like, Graham and Lily should have a date. And I'm sitting here like, wait a minute. Is Graham the type of Super Mutant that would become a behemoth if he lived that long? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. I think that was specific to the Capital Wasteland, wasn't it? Um, Uh-oh, uh, Creek's gone. But I don't know. All right. Well, that's a. this has been fun. Um, Victor, I know you kind of fell off the uh, the chat there right before we kind of finished it up with yours. Did you want it to finish? Did you want to add anything else on yours before we, before we go? Not not anything in particular, except for the uh, just with the Lily comment, I think that it would be amusing to see because um, isn't Lily Nightkin as well? I believe so, yeah. It'd be, yeah. It'd be interesting to see a Nightkin behemoth relationship and see how that would work out. <laughs> I don't I don't know how any super mutant relationships work, but I mean who knows? It could be a thing. I don't know. Like they they don't communicate very clearly. <laughs> like that's the kind of the thing, right? Like if you're a ghoul or a human or even a synth. You got that, like, you can communicate, you can learn to adjust, but, like, two super mutants, you know, like, where you put the human flesh, you take my human flesh, I don't take your human flesh, you snore too loud, you know, like, how do they resolve these, like, relational conflicts? I don't know. 
Anyway, all right. Well, on that note, let's let's wrap up the episode. Thank you all for being here, and um, as always, thank you for supporting the show. I really do appreciate it. Hey, there's soybean. Soybeans back. Um, and uh, so tomorrow night, normally on Monday nights, we would do the Fallout Lorecast, but since we did it on Sunday night, tomorrow night is actually the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast, which is fun because Stuart can't do it on Wednesday, so kind of moving some stuff around but definitely if you guys are interested in taking me up on some of my office hours please tune in for those after episodes uh starting this week and uh come hang out with me and uh, i've got all sorts of answers to questions and i'm, I'm happy to help you guys get started and Nunamer has an awesome wig so <laughs> we're just gonna end it on Nunamer's wig thank you again everybody for for chiming in and feel free to stick around i'm gonna be jumping into fallout 76 after the show so i'll be i'll be playing and if you guys want to jump in the game with me i'm on a pc you're welcome to do that as well and thank you to all of our people in the live chat thank you for being here it's good to have you guys and thank you for any of the subscriptions and uh hostings and new follows all of those things are very appreciated so thanks everyone um I think that's it. Does anybody else have anything to add before we go? Does anybody want to do any call-outs or ways to get a hold of you? Can it be related to Neo's wig? Uh, sure. He looks like some aged boy band member. Yes. Yes, that is a very... And <laughs> and it doesn't look bad, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I used to be in a uh, Fallout-themed boy band, actually. It was it was pretty cool. Yeah. Were you, like, oh, were you like Neo and the Rippers or something? Was it called Fallout Boy? <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, you know. I've talked to you about Fallout Boy. Don't get started with Fallout Boy. No, uh, no. That we were the we were the t- tunnel trouser snakes, but it was kind of kind of immature. But you know. Wow, we were a little, bl- a little blue, a little blue. Wow, all right. The the wig just makes you look like an older off-brand Deku from My Hero Academia. <laughs> that that's what I thought. <laughs> and I'm saying that with the soccer haircut from Avatar. <laughs> you look like Deku, but like 30 years old. I'm just Sam Winchester <laughs> from Supernatural in the later seasons with my hair cut. That is legit what it looks like. My family tells me that I should have dressed up as Sam Winchester for Halloween this year, yeah. but I'm just like... I can't see it because nah. you're not on camera. Aww. That is true. I apologize Aww. for this, we'll viewers. Just, we'll just have to imagine. We'll just picture <laughs> yes. it in our heads. All right, guys. Does, <laughs> does anybody want to leave a little note for how people can get a hold of you? You can reach all of us on the Robots Radio Discord, so that's the easy way to get a hold. Anyone else want to talk about your Twitter or any other accounts or things you guys are doing? Just chime in. Everyone just chime in all at the same time. Fire, I see that you are unmuted. Go ahead and start. Sure. I'm Fire Rider on all over the place, on PS4, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Twitch. It's Fire with a Y. Awesome. And you've been doing some um, VR on Twitch as well. I have. Tuesdays at 7.30 uh, Pacific. PM Pacific. Cool. Cool. Anyone else? Uh, Well... I haven't been streaming much lately just because it's the end of the month. My internet kind of dips at the end of the month. But I stream occasionally at twitch.tv slash the Mothman's Ranger. Uh, and I'm pretty much... I'm on, The only social media platform I'm on is on Discord. And you will usually find me in the Discord acting like a mod, even though I am not. So <laughs> Yeah, Mothman's <laughs> Ranger's pretty active all day long. I don't know if you do anything else. I have imagined... I just imagine that you're just on Discord all day long. That's like your, I mean, your job. Dr- 
throughout school. I, I'm constantly checking Discord. Oh, so. school. Right, right. That's why I'm not more as much as active as I have been during the summer months. Ah, cool. All right. Anyone else? Pretty much only Discord, but me and Ranger did set up a Dauntless Guild and a Rocket League group. If you want to get into that and play with us sometime, you can just like add us in all games or something. Yeah, just jump in the Discord, people. go to the All Games yeah. uh, channel, and just chime in and say, Hey, I heard there's a Dauntless or Rocket League Guild. How do I join? And I'm pretty much active 24-7 because I don't have a life. <laughs> well, there you go. Anyone else? All right. Well, that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you, everybody, for joining me. And until next time, I guess I don't uh, I don't have a good quip for the end of this. Uh, be friends to ghouls because ghouls and super mutants are people, too. Oh, talk to always you guys start later. A, oh. Always start a Fallout-themed boy band. And start a Fallout-themed boy band. Because Nunimer will be your manager. He has a lot of experience with this. Here we go. All right. Have a good night, everybody. See you guys next time. To plug into everything else we're doing, check out robotsradio.net. Also, look up the Robots Radio YouTube for videos about Fallout and other things. And check us out on Twitter, twitter.com slash robotsradio. This podcast was brought to you in part by our patrons at patreon.com slash falloutlorecast, including our tier five patrons. Thank you so much to Firewriter for supporting the show. Also, if you're interested in business inquiries, advertising on the show, or applying to be a podcast on the Robots Radio Network, send me a message at falloutlorecast at gmail.com or robotsnetwork at gmail.com. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.